Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Sermondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest Amazon experts from all around the world. If you've already subscribed to our channel, good job. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, hear some interesting stories about entrepreneurship and learn some useful hacks that you can apply to your own Amazon business, make sure you subscribe to our channel now and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest for you today is Michael Southworth. He's the founder and CEO at Elemers, an e-commerce full-service agency based in the US. We will talk about his company, his own entrepreneurial journey, and of course, coronavirus, how it affects businesses worldwide and what you can do now and in the future. Let's say hi and ask him some questions. So guys, I'm here today with Michael Southworth. He's the founder and CEO of Elemers, a full service agency based in the US. Hi, Michael, so glad to have you on. Hi, thank you, Christina. Great to be here. In one sentence, what is Elemers? Um, you said it pretty well. Elmer's is a, a full service, um, you know, creative and advertising marketing agency for e-commerce brands. We work with brands and manufacturers um, on the Amazon channels as well as, uh, you know, Google Shopping, Walmart.com, and social advertising content, etc. All right. How many employees do you have? Uh, Twenty-five to thirty full-time employees, depending. Kind of on the on the week or the month and how long have you been around for already um elmer's started about five years five and a half years ago as a an amazon only agency and my partner eric's business started 15 16 years ago as a, a traditional digital marketing agency we merged companies a little over a year and a half ago now so um, total overall been in existence um you know almost 16 years and how did you or do you know so much about selling online have you been an amazon seller yourself an e-commerce seller what's the story behind that yeah so um i have done uh, some some amazon selling most of the amazon selling after i started the agency uh, to kind of learn the ins and outs and and uh, get some experience hands-on experience myself and with our team um i i had prior to that i had i was in that packaging and branding business and um, had done a, a startup supplement company a green tea company that we actually we went the the route of um of affiliate marketing and in that so i have some experience in kind of you know product development and and in that digital marketing arena um, but really my partners and I saw a, a huge white space as we looked at the, cause we were very much involved in the kind of product supply chain and, and, um, you know, marketing and distribution model between me and my, the other founding partners. Um, and, and we really saw that e-commerce was just, it was the way things were going, uh, you know, about six years ago and that, that people, you know, companies didn't, didn't really know what to do with Amazon. I would say that that a lot of the kind of entrepreneurial, you know, startup sellers were a lot more familiar with Amazon and, and e-commerce, how to do things than the 
larger, more established brands were. They had no clue. And a lot of them still still have no clue and are finally <laughs> accepting the fact that they need to do something and pay attention to it, right? So we just saw that white space and opportunity. So we went to work kind of creating a business plan and recruiting some key Amazon and talent, you know, former Amazon, Amazon employees, people, former Amazon sellers, and, um, you know, just so that we could learn the ropes and, and then started building a process and a team around it. I think it's great that you have real hands-on experience. I think that's a great sign of quality for any Amazon agency or e-commerce agency. Besides that, what do you think, like in general, what makes a good Amazon full service agency? Well, a lot of the things that we struggled with were, were processes and systems, right? That's one of the hardest things to, to build and create in a company when you're when you're just starting out, your resources are limited. Um, you know, maybe someone on your team doesn't even really have that skill set, which was the case in our original partnership. Um, and and we didn't. Uh, and, and you're just in the we you're in the weeds trying to take care of clients and do the things. You you don't necessarily have the processes and systems to scale that and make that repeatable, right? And be consistent. And that, that that's necessary in order to deliver consistent service. It's it's really hard. So you have a one or two or three or five talented people that do a good job, but you know, one of them has a bad day or you know, one of them does something different than the other and all of a sudden there's, there's chaos. So that's where we, we saw a lot of the challenges um, in getting going. And that was key to really creating, a, I think, a higher level of value, raising the level of value and especially the, the consistency across every client month after month after month. Of course, I know you. We've spoken a couple of times before this interview, and you told me that you use some sort of tracking tool so your clients can see what is happening, what their money is spent on, what are you working on. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so one of one, you know, originally to to solve one of our pain points and provide a little extra insight to our customers or, or make things easier for them. We took our, our PDF reports that we would do on a weekly basis showing their, their spend and, and revenue and, and you know, top performing campaigns, et cetera. And um, we automated that um, through you know, APIs, not only with Amazon, but if they have Google campaigns running or Facebook campaigns, Instagram, we would tie all of those in and allow people to see all of that information right there in the dashboard. And then made that so that it's dynamic so they can adjust the dates and they can you know change things just like you do in amazon but you're able to pull kind of several sources of data and information and see it on one screen and then just based on feedback that we had from a lot of prospects and clients um, that have been kind of not had the greatest experience with agencies in the past you know they they pay money and unless they see a immediate return in in terms of sales and etc they don't know where that money is going. They don't know how it's being spent a lot. A, a lot of times they don't even know which channels it's being spent on. Um, but also how is that, how is the rest of their money, that management fee being spent? So we, we took and um, added a, 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 just something we call transparency, right? To, to a, allow our customers, all of our clients have access to this portal, their own custom login, and they're able to, at any time see over whatever period, how many tasks we have open for them. Um, they have direct insight into our, our project management system. So they see the tasks that we have open for them, what the tasks that we've completed, um, and, 
and uh, and then how many hours were spent on all those tasks or how many total hours over a given amount of time. So um, that's provided a lot of peace of mind and, and comfort for clients to see that like, hey, here are all the things that they're working on. Here are the things that are in queue here, the you know, just to understand kind of where things are and and the amount of work that's going in to to helping them progress. Would you say that transparency is your major USP? So if I'm a potential client and I could choose between your agency and I also have two or three other offers, why should I choose you over the others in your own words? Well, I would, I would say that the biggest thing that we are trying to accomplish with, with the transparency, um, and with our systems and processes is, is trust, right? Um, that's what, when, you, when you're bringing on an agency to work with you, you're, you're taking a risk. Um, you know, typically agency, you're gonna, you're gonna be investing a, you know, a few thousand to several thousand dollars over a period of time. You really gotta give it a few months to even know if, you know, if, if, it's, if it's working or if it's going anywhere. Um, if you're two, three months down the, the, the road and you invest all this money, I mean, it's a, it's a big risk to take for companies to not know. So we feel like giving them that, that transparency and allowing them to actually see the process and the progress and what's happening um, really helps establish that trust early on. Because I can tell people, I, I do believe our other USP is just that, that we've been building these processes and systems for 16 years, right? So the, the, our ability to be efficient and, and execute effectively, consistently, time and time again, it's, it's, um, you know, it's very robust, you know, the system that we use. And so I think and believe that we do a better job of that than most, but I can't just tell you that or tell someone that, you know, that's, so that's where that, that transparency piece really comes in. Cause it's like, don't just take it from me. We'll show you from day one. And it also has a nice way of holding our team very accountable to, Hey, the, the client sees, everything we're working on and the amount of time that you're putting in energy you're putting in, you know, to their business. And so um, it's just a nice, you know, added benefit to really keep our team motivated. Speaking um, of your clients, uh, now it's time to brag. If um, I would ask former clients of yours, hey, uh, what do you think of Elmer's? How, they, how are they working? What would they tell me? Um, you know, it, it, I think, um, you know, some of my favorite, the favorite things that I've heard recently, especially or um, that mean a lot to me are you guys did what you said you were going to do, you know, um, you know, companies and, and executives that have had lots of experience working with different agencies. And like I said, they kind of had not the best experience in the past and were a little bit um, skeptical about bringing on another agency to do something. And they're like, yeah, we love working with, with, you know, Michael Aylett, your account manager, and, and he's super communicative and he just executes. He does what he says he's going to do. We can, we can see all of that. And, and the results are proof, right? Things are happening. Their Amazon business is growing. Um, you know, it's helping them. It's helping them secure greater distribution in retail and it's just helping their, you know, hit their, hit their goals. And so uh, that's at the end of the day, that's why we do this, right? Um, I mean, we all want to have a successful business. For, for me personally and my partner and, and really our team, we want to help people grow, right? That's, that's, that's the passion that gets, that becomes a part of it is we like seeing 
clients grow. We like seeing clients happy. And I've, I've kind of always been in this, this service space. Like I love engaging with people and providing value and seeing that, seeing that smile on their face, you know, like just seeing like be satisfied and be, and feel good about the work that you're doing for them. So that's, that, that means the world to me, you know, when I know that, that my team, our team is, is performing and they're delivering that value and the, and the clients are appreciating it like that. Those are, those are some of the comments that are, and they're, and they're not uncommon. You know, we, we have, our clients are, are happy about the, the effort that goes in the, the transparency, the communication and, um, and the results. So your clients enjoy working with you. What about clients you enjoy working with? Are there any requirements that you have for your clients? Um, what, sh what should they bring to the process? Um, should they also give their input? What about communication? What do you expect from your clients when you're working with them? Um, that's a great question, Christina. I mean, you know, on the, on the business side of things, when we're looking at a product or a brand, um, it, it's almost as if we want to invest like we're an investor, right? Because we are going to invest time and resources and opportunity costs and all that into trying to make this brand succeed. So we want to look at the things, that, the fundamentals. And a lot of times companies or sellers, you know, will miss this and think about what are the tricks or what's, you know, how do we optimize the best to get in front of somebody? And, um, but maybe their product doesn't have a USP, you know, doesn't have a, 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 a unique value proposition uh, above the competitors, or maybe it's not priced competitively enough. Maybe their supply chain isn't, isn't, you know, strong enough or set enough yet to supply the demand. If we have success and then they slow down, well, that really hurts the momentum, you know? So we look at those kind of things to say, Hey, is this, is this product, you know, have a unique value in the marketplace? Um, are they priced at a point where they're going to, you know, um, people are going to want to buy it is, you know, if they have reviews already going again to the unique value, do, do people like it? Right. Um, um, is this a good product? And, and then, and, and can they supply the product? The other thing is, um, is the, the commitment to customer service. That's really big for us, customer experience, right? We're, we're trying, you know, our job is to attract the people and, you know, bring the traffic and provide a really great upfront experience for them. So the commitment to follow through on that experience on the back end has to be there from the, the clients that we work with. If they are going to haggle about, you know, returns or, or, you know, not respond to every customer that has a hard time or not take that feedback constructively and try to better their product or the experience, then we don't really want to work in that situation, you know? So, so we're very in our kind of vetting process and sales process, we're having those kind of conversations to kind of measure, you know, um, that. And then, you know, during that sort of interview process, both for the, you know, the, the, the brands interviewing us and, and we're interviewing that same time, we're finding out like, is this, is this person easy to communicate with? You know, are we on the same page? Are we, are we kind of like have the same mentality and, and uh, you know, is this going to be a good working relationship and we're going to have a good high level of communication? I think you can sense a lot of that in that early stage. So those are, those are some key things that are, that are important to us for, because again, we want, we want a win-win. We don't want to just yeah. take money from somebody for a while and like, and it doesn't work out. We don't want to, we don't want to take money from someone, you know, that we don't think they have a great opportunity. So we'll, we'll turn away opportunities if we don't see a, a real chance for a, for a win-win relationship. I think that's great. 
uh, I also always say that when a service provider works together with a company that hires them, it's not only important that the service provider meets the criteria the client maybe has, but also the other way around. Otherwise you can work really smoothly. So my next question would be, were there also work relationships in the past that didn't go that smoothly? Like, did you have clients that were unhappy with your work? And if yes, how did you deal with that? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, definitely. And that's kind of a growing pains uh, for all of us, right? And in 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 especially in the early days of a business. And certainly before we um, merged with, with my partner's company a year and a half ago, we had, we had more of that happen. I'd say we still, you know, 80% of our clients were still very, you know, happy and we're going well, but um, both from a standpoint of not vetting properly and being more eager to take on anybody and anybody that will, you know, will pay you to work. Um, you know, there were, there were products that really didn't have a chance that we maybe shouldn't have partnered with. Mm -hmm. There were relationships that we should have, you know, realized, Hey, this, we don't, we don't see eye to eye or we don't have a good communication structure that, you know, we're going to run into challenges. And, and for us in, in my entire life, my entire career, you know, last 30, 25 years, 30 years being in the service industry, it's, it, for me, it's about a partnership. You know, that win-win is like, let's feel like we're really part of the team. And if, if, someone treats you if you treat you know a brand like they're just a customer and they're just a paycheck it's not going to work if they treat the you know the agency or the vendor like they're just a vendor and they're a dime a dozen it's not going to work long term right so so a lot of those are just learning curve and 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 getting comfortable with your processes and systems but also um also being willing to say no to you know and really look for the things that are that are um you know, kind of signs of, of, of whether it's going to be a success or, or, or less likely to be a success and being able to say no to those and focus on the ones we really can help and have that, that partnership kind of relationship. Um, what I'm interested in too is um, you told me you have account managers, right? Um, but if a client really wants to speak to you, the founder, the CEO personally, um, do you make time for those clients, even though you're not really the main person responsible for them? Absolutely. If you can't tell from this interview, I love to talk. So, <laughs> I, so um, and I love people, you know, that's why I'm in this business in the service business. So yeah, definitely. I, I make time for, for all of my employees, for, you know, for all of our clients, for all of our vendors. I mean, of course we want to be efficient and we want, we want our account managers and our team to be able to, you know, execute properly and to, you know, to handle things so that, so that we can address, you know, the business as a whole and make sure that we're providing the right level of value. Uh, but absolutely. I mean, I'd love to talk to anybody. I can imagine that uh, you have dozens of emails to answer and calls to take during this time right now. Um, a lot of our listeners will already know where I'm getting at. Um, coronavirus changed a lot in the landscape of commerce in general, but especially e-commerce and Amazon. Um, yesterday, a lot of FBA users got the notice that they are not allowed to send inventory in anymore. I bet some of your clients are maybe freaking 
out a little bit. How are you handling the situation? Uh, what do you think is most important right now? Yeah, um, nah, that's a great, very highly relevant question right now, right? Um, yeah, so we're, we've got kind of both sides of things. We're, we're very fortunate to have several clients that are in food or, or you know, healthcare supplement kind of space where I think some of their products are still deemed as, uh, as, as more um, necessity essentials. And so they're still able to ship product while, um, while others are not able to send in product. And so, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that we look at or we should, you know, we're, we're, we're like, think of it this way, part of your team trying to brainstorm what are, what are the solutions, what are the different things we could try? And then let's talk through those things. Let's put those on the whiteboard. Let's see, is this a good idea? Can we handle this? Can we address it this way? Um, and then let's be flexible with, with how we are, how we respond. So, you know, for one, for existing clients that have already been, we've been working with for months and months. So we were very proactive on the, on helping them manage the inventory side. And, and we're always, Hey, let's have, you know, uh, 30 to 60 days worth of inventory um, at all times. If, if it makes sense, unless there are specific constraints around supply chain or, you know, cash flow, et cetera. Um, so most of them are in a pretty good, um, in pretty good shape. But then we have newer clients that have just signed on and they're not in one of those categories, you know, that, that's, that's considered essential. So Amazon has cut them off. Well, um, so we talked to them about um, potential FBM. Do they have a, you know, strong enough? And this is something that we're in the early stages with a client. We're always going through this. Can we have backup listings and FBM? Do you have a way to fulfill and serve these orders if you were to run out or if, you know, especially, you know, busy times like fourth quarter when, when you know receiving shipping and receiving is very limited or or takes a long time at Amazon, what are our backup plans? You know, and helping customers put those in place, put those processes and systems in place so we can address that. So, um, and then beyond that, um, you know, one customer that just signed up for for an advertising package said, "Hey, my inventory got cut off. I'm going to be out out of completely out of inventory in a week, and I, I don't want to go spend all this money." on advertising if i don't have inventory on amazon yeah, and we yeah. say yeah absolutely let's let's pause things you know if we don't have a, a logistics solution as a backup that works for you then let's then let's pause things for you so so we believe in being very flexible for that uh, that way as well just again being a true partner that let's let's help weather any storms let's let's help uh you know look at the big picture and the long-term success as opposed to like, hey, you're under this contract and you have to pay this much every month and whatever. Um, we don't even do long-term contracts anymore for that reason, right? We want, we want again, to build that trust for people to say, hey, we're, we're here to help you succeed and, and figure things out, you know, in a way that works. One thing that I've witnessed a lot in the past is that a lot of Amazon sellers don't really diversify their risk. A lot of Amazon sellers only sell on Amazon. So I think a lot of them will feel the pain now when they are not in one of those uh, essential categories. What's your opinion on that? Would you say it's always important to have your own online shop or maybe selling on other marketplaces like eBay, for example, what's your approach on that? Your advice? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, we're, we, we have a holistic approach and we have the, the fortune of, of having, you know, 
core competencies around Google, Google Shopping, and and you know selling even on social media, um, uh, uh, you know Walmart.com. Those are some of the key ones. And then direct websites. I mean, we build websites and build e-commerce sites and drive direct traffic and and help set up logistics. We have great logistics partners. I absolutely believe um, from a from a not only a diversification um, standpoint and kind of mitigating your risk, hedging your bets kind of standpoint, but also um, customer value, you know, and company value standpoint of bringing those customers to you. Amazon, um, I, I think when, when companies and brands look at Amazon as purely a revenue channel, as a sales channel, it's a mistake because it's, it's just as much of a marketing and customer acquisition channel as it is a, a sales revenue channel. The challenge, of course, and why sometimes brands will stay away from Amazon is because they don't own the customer. They'll be fearful to drive traffic to the customer. But if you can engage with that customer on social media, and et cetera, if, and your website, if you can create that, that true you know, 360 customer experience between brick and mortar retail and your website and, and Amazon and other marketplaces, like you really can capture that customer you know, as a loyal customer. If they, if they love you and love the brand and you engage with them you know, properly, then you can capture that, that customer. So that's, that's a big reason um, for, you know, do the website sales, have that opportunity for them. Maybe you have some, some different bundles or, you know, different offerings that you offer on your website, things that eventually draw people to your website and become your customer. You capture their name. Now you can remarket to them. You know, there's, there's all that added value comes when you, um, or that you can provide when you, when you understand who the customer is. And so um, I think there's a lot of solid reasons in business case for, for why you need to spread that out and not just focus on Amazon. And, and, the, and also a lot of those channels are gaining a lot of speed, right? Google, obviously a very big company with a lot of data, customer and buying data and a lot of search volume happening there. Um, they're putting a lot of time and you know, resources into building the shopping actions platform and building their own marketplace. Walmart.com, likewise, also spending billions of dollars to try to take a chunk out of Amazon. And they successfully have, you know, they've grown significantly over the past few years. Um, and, you know, Shopify doing their own building fulfillment networks and channels, FedEx jumping into fulfillment, you know. So there's uh, there's so much quickly changing. And while Amazon is this big behemoth and um, you just have to take perspective again and, and, and say Amazon is not everything. And if you kind of pigeonhole and, and focus too much on one channel uh, you at, at great risk for sure. Dan, um, we already are at the juicy part. Uh, I will now ask you some questions about your, your personal life, your personal background. First of all, why did you decide to um, like found your own agency and not just work for any other company as an employee? Well, yeah, that just speaks to my my personality, right? And I think kind of my my comfort level. Um, I it's been a, a long, long time since I had a job. Um, I I've tried, uh, you know, escaping to Hawaii and building an ocean touring business with a couple of my friends. Um, that didn't work out, and you know, I consider that a large part of my education and, and where I spent that education money. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've, I've tried the green tea business. I've tried 
my successful business prior to this was printing and packaging, you know, and got into really product packaging and branding and, and fulfillment and that supply chain um, piece of the supply chain. And, uh, and, and, and what I found in that is, is I just, I really love working with customers. I like that. That's, that's where my passion and, and I guess my skill set or my gift is, is just kind of been working with people and, and building relationships and, and trying to develop solutions that again, make people feel good and happy about working with you and, and being associated with you. Right. So, um, as that, I was in that business for about 20 years actually. And, and it was, um, I just got to a point where this is a very tough business to scale. It's very traditional kind of old school. And, um, and I didn't see, uh, a, a great way for me to support my family long-term to, you know, to create something that, that had long-term value is if I wasn't out there kind of hustling with the customers and, 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 or just constantly building those relationships and keeping it going and, and taking the orders and getting things going, um, then I didn't have income coming in. And so, um, I didn't have a big 401k built up in a retirement plan, plan and all those things. So that's really what, what, got me to start talking with a couple of my buddies and, and other, these uh, two other entrepreneurs about what can we create based on the skill set in the kind of product and supply chain distribution and marketing backgrounds that we have. Let's take that synergy and create something that has value in marketplace. That's something that's current and you know, that's, that's trending, that has great runway ahead of it. Um, so the same, way you create a product or a brand or anything, right? You identify the mar market opportunity. You see it's, you know, is this something people are going to buy? How long do we think we have on this runway? Is it something that's a fad for one year? Or is it something that people are going to be doing in the next 10, 20 years? And so we saw that, Hey, there's a really good opportunity and this isn't going anywhere. So let's, let's go down this road. Let's build something. And if we build something um, of real value, um, that delivers real value, then we'll build a, 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 a company, that's an actual business that can, you know, that can sustain, that can, that can provide some kind of exit someday, or can at least provide, you know, kind of recurring revenue. And so it very much for the same reason, I think people jump into, into products and, and brands. A lot of the times I want to, I want to develop something I want to develop a, a loyal customer base. I want to create a model that, that people come back to, right. Yeah. People have loyalty that people come back to, and it continues to generate, income for me and my employees, my team, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's a, that's valuable in society and it's not just transactional from, you know, day to day or year to year. So, um, that's, I mean, that's what drove me to kind of like look, seek out an opportunity. And then we just thought that, uh, e-commerce is pretty sexy and wasn't, <laughs> going, and wasn't going anywhere. Was it was only growing. So we got, we got excited about it pretty quickly. My next question for you would be, is there any skill or character trait that you wish you had, but you don't have at the moment? I would, I would say the thing that I have been working on um, and focusing, especially the last year um, or two has, has been um, kind of being, being present. And, and listen, I think that really plays into really actively listening and really trying to get out of my head. Cause when you're, when you're talking, when you're thinking, 
about these things, you're, you're not present. And so I, I read, um, this is a great one for anyone. I, I, I was referred to a book that I listened to and I'm not a big reader. I, cause my mind is just going too fast all the time. And I focus, but I really love this book. It's the point where I, as soon as I finished it, I started over and started listening again. It's called solve for happy by Mo Gaudet, Gaudet, Gaudet. He's a, you know, he's a engineer, um, and, you know, very mathematical mind and, and work a VP at Google on their innovation team. Um, and, and, uh, one of the things he really talked about focused on in, is, is being present in that moment. And, that, and that's been something that kind of a key focus of mine and some of those mentors that I've really been drawn to the last couple of years is, is people that are, kind of subscribe really into some of that Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, yoga, you know, this really kind of getting centered and being present. And in, in the book, he talks about how we, you know, 90% of our lives or 95% or some crazy number, um, we spend, we actually live in the future or the past. You know, we're either thinking about what we're going to do or what's going to happen. What's coronavirus going to do to me and my family? What's all this stuff going to happen? And, or, or what just happened, um, even, even if we linger for two minutes on something that already happened, it's like, it's in the past, you know? And so very rarely do we live in that present moment and just kind of like observe. And so I think that's a real key. I, I believe just like his book is about, it's a key to happiness, um, but it's really a key to, to being successful too. And I think that a lot of a lot of the very successful people have that ability that at least certain times they can bring themselves to that center and just be present, be present with someone that they're talking to, be present with a key relationship, be present with a customer and, and really understanding and empathizing with what they're saying and the experience they're having with your product or with your company. Like instead of just always, you know, the natural instinct is, immediately start thinking of a response. How am I going to respond to this? How, you know, so it's, it's a real challenge for me because of the way my, my, my mind works and, and not, not a skill that I was born with for sure. So that's, that's my big focus. And that's the thing that I, I wish for, I hope for, I strive for is to like get really, really good at that. That's not really bad for my next question because my next question is about your past actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you travel back in time, um, let's say five years, what advice would you give yourself from what you have learned the last five years? I would, I would just say, don't, don't hesitate. You know, that I, I tell myself like, get, take action and, and move quicker. Like you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to, um, uh, be the smartest person you know after the best thing in the world it's the it's the people who who take action and 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 you know fail quickly or learn to say no quickly right it's just like figure out what's working and quickly if it's not working do something else and so um you know we were one of the first kind of really early agencies here in America, you know, and the U.S. kind of picked up a little bit, a little bit later than even Europe in terms of like service providers, um, you know, it's kind of managed services for Amazon. We were pretty early in that game. We were positioned really, really well. You know, now there are a lot of agencies that are much larger than us. And that's fine because, you know, we like being boutique and having a, a close relationship with our customers. We don't, we don't necessarily want to be huge. Um, 
but we we kind of moved along slowly, right? Like maybe we made incremental little changes year after year and continue to grow and improve. Um, but based on the space that we're in, and, and this is highly relevant to this whole audience, right? We're, we're in the world of e-commerce is very fast moving. It's, there's, it's high paced, quick changes, you know, lots of competition flooding the market. Like you gotta be quick and stay ahead, right? And so um, that's a, a mistake that I made. It just kind of like, because I'm, I, I kind of laid back and like to just enjoy the time with my employees or, you know, and um, not get too uptight about things. Um, but there are certain things that you just need to really like be, be focused on and, and take action on quickly. All right. Um, was there a time where you wanted to quit? You um, told the story earlier that uh, there was a, time two and a half three years ago when when you were not sure if you can keep your business um where you couldn't recover from something that happened as quickly as usual was that a time where you said all right that's it i'm out i i don't want to have the responsibility anymore you know a, a, um a little bit i was more a feeling of worry at that time like how am i going to say that you know what am i going to do with these with these um, employees, like I, it was, it was, it was a, it was a certain event, you know, losing our biggest client and things had not been going great. Now we lost our biggest client and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, I, I thought we were getting somewhere and we were going to start finally, I'd have to stop putting money into this company. And now I'm gonna have to put more than I was before. And, and I'm just like, oh, you know, it was, it was more of a scary moment. Honestly, a, a year after that, which was about two years ago now, um, you know, prior, about six months prior to merging, um, I was at that point where I was really questioning of is, am I going to put in another three years to this business model? And I came to a conclusion, this is where I reached out again to my mentors and even more of them um, and had deeper discussions about, you know, business model and, 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 and changes, potential changes I could make because it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. Um, I, I had, you know, 12 employees or so that all enjoyed coming to work and had a good um had a good job um but i was making less money than i ever had in the previous 10 plus years and um and working much harder than i ever had right and losing sleep over it and so i i i was very aware that things needed to change right that i i needed a new partner i needed a new um business leader i needed investment i needed an acquisition like i needed something to happen because i wasn't I, i finally faced the reality and made the decision in my mind that i wasn't going to do this same effort for another three years and and be in the same place or be just you know 10 better every year right yeah. so so and that's when i just kind of you know, reach out to those mentors, but also started to put it out there and, and started opening myself to different opportunities. You know, I talked to other agencies about potential mergers or acquisitions. I talked to, you know, other um, people that, that might be a potential hire that I might be able to come in and help. You know, I interviewed a few people at that kind of executive level. I, and it's through those discussions that I, I was able to find the right partner that I had actually been talking to, you know, for a year, year and a half before that. And we started to actually do some things together, work on some campaigns together and some clients together and, and sort of figure things out. Um, and that was, that was key. And that would, I would say that's the other big 
the big challenge um, or, or thing that I would maybe go back or focus on sooner um, is that finding the right partner. Um, because I think that nobody, um, or at least very, very few people, but none that I know of, have the unique ability to to be to really be this like visionary and you know people person and salesperson and all this stuff and be the operations you know analytical you know both of those sides um, and there are multiple skills that that it takes to grow a successful company and so um, honestly when I started Elmers with my previous two partners we were all the same kind of person right we are all kind of visionary salespeople. Just love to get out and network and meet with people and come up with solutions. Um, we could sit in a room, as you can imagine, and talk for a long time and come up with great <laughs> ideas on the board, right? Yeah. But nobody there was really good at, at, at the execution piece yeah. and creating systems and processes that would make those things happen. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I found in Eric. Um, and that's what has been the real pivotal point, you know, the, 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 the changes that we've made and the the evolution of Elmer's in the last year and a half since merging have been like phenomenal. I mean, it's an entirely different company with a, a different value proposition with added services, with new technology, with, I mean, it's been, it's been an incredible ride. And so now that work, you know, I'm working, I'm working even harder than before. Um, but I'm excited about it, right? I'm excited to come to work and say, okay, let me get on these, these initiatives and these things because great things are happening. And so I think that's a huge, that's a huge, um, a huge thing. That's great. And speaking of um, having the right partner, uh, it's one of my favorite questions. If you could hire any famous person in the world, to work with you or for you at LMRs, who would that be and why? Any famous person? Any famous person. Someone our listeners uh, will probably know. Um, that's a great, that's a great, great question. Um, can be a business influencer, but also, I don't know, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel maybe my mind went to like Adam Levine, you know, from Room 5, because I really like him and I think he's, He's funny and uh, and and super talented and 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 uh, very skilled. But I'm not in the music business. I w I would love to be in the music business if I had that talent because I love music. But um, honestly, but in the in the business sense in the business world, um, I would say Mark Cuban would be a great. Um, I would love him to be on my team or be a mentor. All right, then another question: If um, you could walk into Jeff Bezos' office today and ask him for one favor or ask him any question, what would that be? Why? <laughs> uh, um, gosh, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. I, the, 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 the question I would want to ask or the discussion I'd want to have with Jeff Bezos is how can we partner, right? Yeah. How can we how can we provide greater value and, and help help reach your goals, reach Amazon's goals, right? And like what can we do with with sellers and with brands that are really in alignment with because that's the challenge. That's what we're always seeking. It's not about 
all the little, I joked about why, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you, why do you not focus on, on, you know, sellers and brands the way you do on customers? I know why, because I know that's why Amazon, how they built their business, right? It's focusing yeah. on the customer. Um, and, and, but it's really about our job is to help brands be successful, you know, on e-commerce, but on Amazon as well. And so, how can how can we help it by aligning ourselves with 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 Amazon's? And this is I think this is valuable if when you're from a seller perspective, you're trying to help meet Amazon's goals, which is providing the very best customer service experience possible. Great. By being compliant with you know what they ask you to do, like those are the things that trying to align yourself with where Amazon's headed and and, and what it's trying to do and accomplish is is the smartest thing I think you can do from, for your Amazon business. So that would be my question is like, how, how can we, how can we partner with you? Like what are the most, what are the three most important things, Jeff, that, 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 you know, you want brands to do better and we'll go help them do it. Okay. Um, it makes me very sad, but we're already at the last question. Okay. If you had one minute and the attention of every person selling on Amazon worldwide, which three tips would you give to them? Um, well, I would say right now, as things are right now, yeah. I would say, I would say, take this opportunity to step back and look at your opportunity. Right? Where Where is my opportunity to improve? If I can't take advantage of you know this, the current market conditions. Um, how can I use this time to improve my product, my service, my process, my system, you know, um, so that I can come out stronger, you know, on the other side of this, that's the first question or, um, that I would ask or think a thing I would tell them. Um, secondly, I would just focus on that, the, the, how, how are we, how are we different? Are we conti continuing to kind of like challenge the status quo? How are we trying to outperform, outwork, out hustle our competitor, our competition, right? What can we do from a marketing standpoint, from a you know product development standpoint to outshine the competition? And then thirdly, the same same kind of approach to to the customer experience. Do we really have a 360 customer experience? Are we building that? Do we have that on our roadmap? Or are, like you said, are, are we focused too much on Amazon or too much on brick and mortar or too much on one thing? Um, are we really viewing it from the customer standpoint? Like what does the customer need from us? Where do they need to be able to meet us? You know, um, what answers and solutions do they need like that? Really, really, again, taking a page out of, um, you know, Jeff's book and Amazon's book um, are, are we truly customer centric? Um, that's it. Well, that's it. Thank you, Michael, for taking the time and answering all of my and our users questions. And I hope you stay safe during these times and yeah, lots of success with your business in the future. It's been a pleasure, Christina. Thank you. 
Alright guys, that's it for today. That was my interview with Michael. If you have any questions for him or for me, simply leave your comment below this video. I also included some helpful links in the description where you can find out more about Elemers and Sermando.com. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you can do this now by either clicking the Sermando globe somewhere here or press the red subscribe button below this video. And if you do so, I will definitely see you guys next time. I look forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye.